Hey loves, I'm Constance DeGroat. I am a relationship coach and a spiritual coach as well. I'm a psychic and I read the Akashic Records. And on this podcast, I'm be talking about the seven deadly sins because we get lost in polarities often and they create division. So it's really important to understand how being too far to one direction and too far to the opposite direction can be detrimental to us and to our relationships. Issues with polarities are also known as fourth dimensional problems. Survival is not meant to be your entire lifetime. You're not meant to walk with caution all the days of your life in fear. You're meant to take great pride in yourself and thrive. To experience pleasure in all you do. The seven deadly sins are not as the church perceives them. They are messengers to us of desires and wants. I don't see them as sin. Sin is calling something bad. Calling yourself bad when all on this list is human. Let's be honest. It's like this list being taught is telling us to deny ourselves. To create inner tension. To file a part of ourselves away. When every part of you, even the ones that are uncomfortable, need to be met with understanding and love. It doesn't mean you're going to go out there and be a glutton or to give into lust. It just means you need to understand where is this coming from. Every part of you needs your affection and love. What's really deadly about these sins, acknowledging them with your own inner strength will make you powerful. You'll rely on yourself and not others as to if you're good enough. What are the seven deadly sins? Pride, envy, gluttony, greed, lust, sloth, and wrath. It's important we seek to understand each one, which we will be doing here. It is possible to be too much left and too much right, as there are opposites to these sins, and we will go into those. The opposite of pride is humility. I can tell you now being humble has not really helped me with business. You've got to know and let the world know you know what the fuck you're doing. That you know you're amazing. People want to be in the energy too. Do you believe in what you are selling? Being overly humble gives the impression of being timid, shy, and a pushover. Of inner doubt and lack of knowledge. Possibly that you're not the right person to lead. It becomes a question of, do you know your value? You're allowed to assert your value and not let others walk all over you. Don't worry You won't go to hell for standing up for yourself. If we don't come to the rescue of our inner child, that part of us can run on autopilot, sabotaging us. You're allowed to be proud of yourself. You don't have to tear yourself apart around people to be loved, to make them feel above you. You can be loved for loving and appreciating your worth. You don't have to hide your body to manage the insecurities of others. You're allowed to see yourself with great pride. A great goddess to work with on knowing your truth is Isis and Aphrodite. Envy is an amazing gift. I can't help but think of the lovely Hera, goddess and mother of all the gods. Envy and jealousy teaches us what we desire. It's another phase of lust. Lust isn't just about sex, but we were taught to make it like it was. Wanting what someone else has or is doing is a sign of our own desire for success for ourselves. I know how backwards that sounds because you're thinking, I'm jealous, that's bad. I envy, that's bad. I shouldn't want what other people want. You just want amazing things for yourself too. You're allowed to want amazing things for yourself and to be seen, to take pride in your work. You don't have to downplay yourself to make others feel good. It's every individual's job to seek things that make them feel good and do them. 
So now let's go into gluttony. It's not just about food. You can be a glutton for knowledge. I am a glutton for books. I am reading 12 books right now. You make an agreement that you can't take action until you read them all is what happens. And then when you do read them, you look for more knowledge to stay in in action. Gluttony is also the result of our inner child starving for something within. It's something to explore. It is something that's going to lead to you discovering your worth by discovering what it is that you really need for fulfillment. Those of us who grew up in a shame culture feel like we must doubt our knowledge since we were told that we didn't know when we were younger. We were the kids who read all the books, took everything out to make sure we did know, and we weren't ignorant rather than calling out all the bullshit as far as judgment. So we have this hole within us that we are trying to fill our worth through. We can't be happy until, and then, and then, and then, you can be happy then. No, and then. You can be happy now and enjoy all of now. The opposite of pride is shame. Yet shame is not a deadly sin. Shame feels awful and it can eat away at your soul. It's a slow death physically, but a quick death to everything that makes you feel alive. Shame deserves our compassion, but we choose an extra serving of shame for having shame. Ever heard the saying, don't shoot the messenger? Well, that has to do with the deadly sins as well. Hear each messenger, no matter how guilty it makes you feel, and understand the power, the magic that is within you understanding that part of yourself. Otherwise, we keep ourselves caged by not wanting to understand that part of us. So what's the opposite of gluttony? Temperance or moderation, and moderation can be overkill. When you grow up not being allowed to have your needs and wants, your inner judge can decide to completely cut you off or take away things because it decides you are lowly and undeserving. We turn to using moderation as punishment, such as dieting. We tell ourselves how disgusting we find ourselves and cut off our food supply abruptly. There are more aligned diets out there than restricting yourself and cutting down all at once. You can lovingly work at your own pace. You can lovingly hear your own body, hear the cues for what food that is in alignment for you. You're allowed to do nice things for yourself to pick yourself up. You don't have to constantly earn your own affection. You can love yourself now. You are lovable now with or without completing everything or already and after you complete everything. Both of those times, even during the journey to finding yourself, you are lovable. Let's be honest. Even when you do the things you said you'd award yourself for, you decide it's still not enough. You have this glutton going on. You tell yourself to get back to work when you are fucking exhausted. So I'm going to go into now greed. Greed is the opposite of charity. When you grow up with a narcissist, you are anything but greedy. You learn to give up yourself. You learn to give of yourself in overabundance. Ask yourself if you are receiving from others and open to receiving. Or are you refusing gifts? Are you always giving? Do you find yourself seeing opportunities but deciding you aren't worthy? Or someone else out there is better suited than you are? Are you asking for your own needs and wants? Are you asking for help? Or do these questions make you feel greedy about even asking yourself? We can find ourselves giving in hopes of being loved. Whether it is real charities or everyone around us, charity doesn't guarantee love. Charity is voluntary giving to those in need. What about our own needs? You are someone in need. Don't dismiss that you are someone in need. 
We can find ourselves giving and giving to something and feeling more and more depleted. Sure, it felt good in the beginning, but we don't know how to now ask for what we need and we don't know how to stop because we're afraid that if we stop, then we won't be loved anymore we won't have attention but what if it's not working then we still are afraid to stop because what if it could work later we are so used to being the reliable giver when we stop giving we find love taken so it's not greedy for you to stop giving when it doesn't feel good it's not greedy for you to have your own back god will not abandon you when you stop giving when you grew up with parents who abandon you you tend to assign your maker as someone who abandons you when you choose your own path and happiness we choose to even abandon and punish ourselves in hopes that we will do what we want ourselves to do what we should do what everyone else is doing we turn to wrath and envy comparing ourselves and hoping it will make a difference yet it doesn't we just find ourselves rebelling in sloth mode Your inner child hearing they are greedy by parents can be what gets in your way of manifesting money, plus lust, lust we're about to get into. The whole idea of the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. The idea that enough is enough based on what should be enough. You know what you want. You are your own shepherd and you shall lead yourself to the beat of your own drum to your own desires and wants. Lust can come in many forms other than sex. Desire and wants, needs are healthy. You're allowed to want something different than what society wants for you. You can vote for who you want. The opposite of love is restriction, chastity. Restricting ourselves from what we truly desire is all too common in this world in hopes that we will gain love. We want whatever we want right now. To fit with the crowd, to post whatever anyone is posting as we decide against our own inner beliefs and feel ourselves dying inside as we go against it. Our body decides we cannot trust ourselves, and that we are the enemy of ourselves, leading to autoimmune disease. Lust is defined as pleasure. We are all allowed to have enjoyment and pleasure without shame. If you enjoy what you are doing, and only you, then it is completely fine. You don't have to play for the crowd. We must be on our own team, and hear our own wants and needs. How were your inner child's wants and needs treated by your parents? Rather, your wants and needs as a child. Did you grow up with a parent who put all their needs first and called you selfish? Did you grow up with a parent who did everything and called you selfish? Was your parent just selfish? It's important to show gratitude to the universe, to look at what we do have. Sure, we can want more. There is nothing wrong with wanting more. You don't have to get stuck in gratitude. Gratitude can be toxic too. Guilting ourselves for wanting more is a form of lack. We lack permission to be aligned with ourselves. Sloth is one of the deadly sins, and the opposite of it, of course, is work. Both can be seen as productive. (laughs) Both can be seen as destructive. When sloth happens, it's important to ask yourself, what is going on? To see what you truly are lusting for. What is making you feel dead inside and unable to do continued action? Maybe the actions you are taking are out of alignment. The definition of sloth is reluctance to work or make an effort. When our lower self, our basic needs aren't being met, it is not uncommon to find ourselves hitting a wall. When we hit that wall too many times, we find ourselves in burnout. When you feel like you've been sitting at your desk and getting nowhere, find yourself getting distracted by Facebook It's not time to cut yourself off from Facebook. The first question should be, have I been making time for fun and rest? 
have I set aside time to socialize? Be curiously loving towards yourself and anything that seems toxic that you're doing, as a friend would be. Remember the hard worker you are and realize this is a once in a while thing. You're usually up to par. What could it be? Be a detective. Whatever you choose, if it's in alignment, it is productive. Yes, rest is productive. And there are some amazing books on that I will link. We learn our expression of self-understanding from our parents. Were you allowed to have a voice to rest, to just do nothing? Or did you see when one of your parents would do nothing that the other one was just making fun of them the whole time? Did you see your parents have a day of doing nothing ever? When we don't take breaks, we live too much for alignment of others. We build resentment because we can no longer hear our own body because we have just been being totally numb to ourselves because it's like, well, you don't want me to do anything. You want me to rest when there's no value in that. So I'm just going to ignore you. And soon it won't just be us experiencing our own wrath, wrath, anger, rage, whatever you want to call it. It's an imperative emotion to be expressed. In my circle of goddess Pele, we touched on the basic need. It's imperative we decide that our anger is important now rather than later. The longer we wait, the worse our expression of anger will be. Anger becomes us, and we lose ourselves in trauma-reactive states. A volcano before it erupts. It builds and builds higher and higher. And the most explosive volcanoes are always the bigger ones, correct? It's the same thing with your anger. The anger that's allowed to build over time beneath the surface within you will explode and destruct further. Volcanoes, the tinier ones, they erupt slowly. It's like a slow, lovely expression that you can have of anger. Something healthy. I mean, I could run from that volcano and it's not throwing shit everywhere. In particular, women are taught to be kind and not express anger. Anger is impolite. Anger is a healthy way of releasing what no longer serves us. Aspects of Pele are destroying and releasing what no longer serves us and creating what pleases you rather than relying on others for creation. Because in the ash, we have always found new life happens, new beginnings. Your anger is the possibility of a new beginning should it be expressed. So the opposites that we went over here... I also want to note that your anger can come from someone else and live in your inner child for years and years, waiting to erupt. So as we said, humility is the opposite of pride. Kindness is the opposite of envy. Temperance is the opposite of gluttony. Charity is the opposite of greed. Chastity is the opposite of lust. Diligence is the opposite of sloth. And patience is the opposite of wrath. And it is possible to have too much patience. Since we didn't touch on the opposite of wrath, let's do that quickly. So patience. You can have way too much understanding for other people and way too much understanding for yourself at the end of the day. No matter what is going on in someone's life, if they cannot respect you, no matter what is revolving around them and they choose to always blame you, it's time for you to be done with having patience, with having understanding there is such thing, and I'm sure as you're listening to this, you know of many times where you started to question, am I being too understanding of this person, of where they're at? No matter someone's past, no matter what is going on in their life, you deserve respect. You deserve understanding too. You deserve patience. You deserve all the patience that you are giving. There are restrictions on patience for sure, and that's why wrath happens. So as we can see, 
both extremes of being, it can be bad. Humility can be good. Pride can be good. Pride can be bad. Kindness can be good. Too much kindness can be bad. Patience can be good. Patience can be bad. Wrath can be good. Wrath can be also be really bad. It all goes based off of yourself. And it is only a small, small aspect of you or anyone else. So judgment is a form of reaction we choose towards ourselves when we feel guilt about any of these supposed sins coming up. We must be aware that anyone trying to push us to, into shame and guilt is being manipulative. In ways, we continue to manipulate ourselves today, whether we are aware of the subconscious mind doing this or not. You don't have to just stand there and watch yourself suffer in hopes that someone will rescue you. You can rescue yourself. You're a worthy hero, as you always seem to be your own worthy adversary. So ask yourself, am I judging myself to make others comfortable? Explore the parts of you that choose kindness just for acceptance. Who would you like to be accepted as? What if enlightenment is authenticity? Then what do you really look like? Who do you want to look like? Who do you want to feel like? Of course yourself, but what, is, what does that feel like? when you take away all the labels of what a normal human being is, a normal person. Look at all the restrictions you put on yourself around everyone in your life. What are you keeping yourself safe from? How can you start sharing the parts of you you truly want to share with the world? How can you start being seen as who you want to be seen as while also acknowledging that people will always see you through their own filters? What desires do you deny yourself? How is, de- how is denying these desires keeping you safe? How will you feel more safe when you express your desires and they are known? We have to remember that shame breeds itself. Shame creates more shame. And as we uncover all the people we felt we had to become to be accepted, we are peeling layers leading to discovering ourselves and who we are. As my example, Broccoli says, So what can I do to help myself? How can I be more accountable for myself? It has to be done for you. Change done for others doesn't stick. Sorry, not sorry. I've had people tell me that they will change for me so many times. Unless it resonates with the energy within, that shit is not happening. The other thing is, you don't have to shape yourself to other people's insecurities to have a group of people you can relate to. We are doing ourselves a huge disservice when we can't be available for ourselves. And if you're too busy looking for love outside you're going to be left to discover you're empty inside. Outer issues don't just happen without inner issues. Some things are taught generation to generation. It's both sides we have to work on an issue, and if both can't make change, then we have to live with agreeing to disagree or move on. And don't be afraid to rock the fucking boat. There's comfort in knowing we are loved by everyone. That there is peace. Is there really? When there is war within you, there is no peace outside of you. Especially in these hard times, I think it's imperative to have tools available to you to work through all of this. Remember, judgment is animalistic, there to keep you safe. We're no longer hunter-gatherers, so you don't really need judgment to survive as much as you did before, and we overcompensate with it now. It is keeping you in survival rather than evolution. We need to approach our judgment with compassion. Uncover the gifts that you are protecting yourself from. Ultimately, we protect ourselves from ourselves out of fear of rejection. When we stop judging, rejecting ourselves, we are free to be. Be an observer and not a participant with shame and guilt. Your emotions you call negative or sins, 
our Pandora's box. And inside is a gift for you. The gift is the experience of being you and the remembrance of being you. Enlightenment, which is being authentically you. So we hear Pandora's box, everything is released out of it, and the world's just chaos and just destructive and bad because all these sins are out now. And all these diseases and all the storms and everything else. There's just a lot of anything that you would call bad is in that box. Rather than seeing it as all the bad things are released every time something bad happens, see it as one thing at a time that you can work on. And if you're going to work on any bad qualities you have, don't try to do them all at once. And plus, that's your own label as they are bad. You want to take one thing at a time and not release all the flying monkeys all at once, thinking it's going to make your life better. So ease into healing. And we must lovingly accept that new situations are going to open Pandora's box and unleash our old emotions that we still have to work on. Every new situation is a new way to love yourself that can be learned. You may have worked on that lesson before, but when something new happens, we work on it again. It's important that we don't get lost in polarities. Polarities keep us separated as people. We can be too much to the left, too much to the right, too much to thinking something is good or bad. When it comes to people especially, when there are just bad qualities and there are good qualities. And for some of us, as funny as it is, the good qualities about someone else absolutely kill us inside. Especially now in these times, explore why does something bother you? Why does it trigger you? So when it comes up again, you can give yourself some love and understanding around that topic. If you found this information helpful, share it, like it, do whatever you want with it, but do let me know how it impacted you. If you go on Facebook, look for First Generation Healers, and you can book a reading there with me. You can do an Akashic Record reading. I do empathic work as well. If you need some guidance into what your next steps are, check out that reading. I also have a lightning reading. If you just want a little preview reading, you can do that. Ask a quick question, and I will message you the answer to it. And yes, I do do live readings, and then I have the quick lightning one, which is not a live reading. I will be redoing one of my circles also as an example soon, so join the group, the Empowered Empath group, over on Facebook, and you will see it there. But have an amazing, lovely day. You are blessed always.